The Lord be with you. Reading from the Holy Gospel, from the conclusion of the Holy Gospel, according to Luke. Lord, be on my mind, be on my lips, and in my heart. Jesus said to his disciples, Thus it is written that the Christ would suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, and that repentance for the forgiveness of sins would be preached in his name to all the nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. And behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you, but stay in the city till you are clothed with power from on high. And then he led them out as far as Bethany, raised his hands and blessed them. And as he blessed them, he parted from them and was taken up to heaven. They did him homage, and they returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And they were continually in the temple, praising God. The Gospel of the Lord. Today's Feast of the Ascension, and Luke tells us in both his Gospel and the Acts about the event. It's the end of the Gospel and the beginning of Acts. And from the first reading today, the Acts of the Apostles, we see a powerful scene. And I like, you may know, to encourage people when they read Scripture to put themselves in the scene, try to imagine the scene. And so as I put myself in that first got reading the scene of the Acts of the Apostles at the Ascension, here's kind of what I'm visualizing. Then the two angels say, what are you looking up for? Because we still live here. And I think that's an important part of the message today. Is Jesus indeed rose from the dead, Jesus, true God and true man, but ascended up into heaven and Disciples saw him ascend on the clouds, it says. And our faith tells us that he will come again at the end of time on those clouds to establish the fullness of the kingdom. But during this time, before that second coming, we're not supposed to just wait. We're supposed to be about his business here on earth. And it's a powerful line because the apostles say, Jesus, are you going to establish the kingdom? He's saying to them, I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit, but you're going to do it. He told us while he was still with us that we were to be about his mission, that we were to preach the gospel that we were to heal the sick, that we were to spread his teachings and show his love to one another. And he said some things 
that were really hard to understand. One of them is said that you're going to do the works I do, and you're going to do greater works than I do. How about you? Anyone out there? Want to raise your hand? Anyone done greater works than Jesus? Pretty hard to understand why he would say something like that, doesn't isn't it? But today's feast really tells us the answer. Jesus ascended into heaven, the one Jesus of Nazareth, true God and true man, and then he sends his spirit to dwell in us, and the one becomes many, right? We are the body of Christ. We are his presence on earth, his hands and his feet. And though I doubt any one of us individually does things as great as Jesus, together, collectively, we do. We do the works of Jesus, and we do even greater. Luke tells us this in an interesting way. If you look at the gospel and you look at the Acts of the Apostles, both of which he wrote, there's many parallels between the two. One is the life of the one Jesus of Nazareth, and the other is the life that is similar of the Jesus, the body of Christ, the church. And so we are called to work together by Jesus living in us to do his works. And the church over 2,000 years has done great things, right? The early church thought Jesus was going to overthrow the Roman Empire. Jesus didn't do that. But in the year 312, not by violence, but by love and witness, Christianity becomes legal. And after that, it becomes the religion of the empire. To this day, 2,000 years later, the church still growing strong. 2.4 billion Christians in the world, 1.4 Catholic. And through those 2,000 years, the church has led the way in promoting education, health care, works of justice, preserving and promoting culture, art, and yes, even the sciences. The world and the church, ha the church has done great things to make the world a better place. But you know what? When we hear that we are to do things greater than Jesus, at all these great things that we're called to do, we can get a little scared, can't we? A little overwhelmed, not me. And I bet you if Jesus would have told his disciples all these things, it would have overwhelmed them. But what does he say today? A very powerful way of explaining what we're called to do and how to do great things. He says, wait for the Holy Spirit and be my witnesses. That's a simple, step-by-step -step way to go about doing great things for the Lord. Wait for the Holy Spirit. We must be close to God. We must know him intimately. We must pray that his spirit fill us. We receive him in the sacraments because the work we are to do is not the work of humankind. It's not natural work. It's supernatural work. And together, we can bring about the kingdom. But it also says to be his witness. And so once filled with the Holy Spirit, able to testify of what that Spirit has said to us and shown us, we're called to tell others 
what has happened and how Jesus has made a difference in our life. And we don't have to do it in great ways, and sometimes we don't even have to use words. Some of the greatest witness I see as I visit people dying is when they're on their deathbed. And most of the world will say that there's no purpose in their life. But yet to their family and to those around them, they give great witness to their faith as they endure that difficult time without despairing, still trusting in God. And same thing when we're our people are on their sick beds, handling that with the grace that comes with God. When people comfort them, we give witness to God's spirit working in us in very small ways. And we're called to do that in addition to sharing that with one another. Another witness that the gospel talks about says they were continuously in the temple praising God. You know, this act that we do is a great witness to the world. Padre Pio says that the mass is more important to the earth than is the sun. But Jesus has ascended into heaven. And he is present in us. The way he is present in us and the way we see Jesus now is in this Eucharist. Right? On the day of the resurrection, Jesus appeared to the two disciples on the road to Emmaus. And he explained scripture to them. And then they recognized him in the breaking of the bread. And then he vanished from their sight. What Jesus was telling us is that now until the second coming, the way we see him is in the Eucharist. His life, death, and resurrection, sending of the Spirit is present. And when we receive that Eucharist, he lives in us and we become the body of Christ. And so for you receiving First Communion, Jesus is truly giving himself to dwell in us. We become the temples of God. We are his hands. We are his feet, giving witness to what he has done to us, the blessings he's given us, and sharing his love with one another. And so this is a simple formula, how to follow God and to do great things as members of his church, the body of Christ. St. Francis had something he liked to say. He said, start by doing what's necessary. Then do what's possible. And soon you will find yourselves doing the impossible. We can do great things and our call to do things that yet we don't even know. And the way to do that is wait for the Holy Spirit and give witness to what God has done for us. And then together as his church, receiving him in the Eucharist, we will bring him to the world and do great things, greater even than he.